Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 95 of the Grumpy Girlfriend podcast with me, your host and certified life coach, Katrin Bandt. One of the biggest threats to our primitive brains that causes the most discomfort is uncertainty. Not knowing what is going to happen, not knowing what to expect, not knowing what our partners are thinking, feeling, or doing. But also uncertainty in the form of confusion, indecision, not being sure what you think, feel, or want to do. That uncertainty is also very uncomfortable and could be scary. Despite the fact that the entire universe and our human existence is technically 100% uncertain and, to a large extent, unpredictable, we can't really live our lives like that. If we were to constantly think about how uncertain everything is and how we can't predict what is going to happen tomorrow, well, we would not be able to make any plans or make any decisions, and we would be constantly in a state of fight or flight and anxiety. So, what do we do to prevent that disaster? We make up rules. We decide what is true and what is not. What is allowed and what is not. What can happen and what cannot. We just pick things, decide, make shit up. All to make us feel like we have some sense of control in this very unpredictable, uncertain world that we live in. The more we believe in our truths and our beliefs, the more in control we feel and the less discomfort we experience. Monogamous relationships are a breeding ground for these black and white truths. Why? Well, because being vulnerable and sharing your life with another person with free will to do whatever they want, whenever they want, is extremely risky and uncertain. So, in order to not be a nervous wreck all of the time, we make some shit up that makes us feel better. But do these truths actually make us feel better? Or are they subconsciously a source of our relationship anxiety? That is what I want to explore with you today. Last week, I posted these relationship truths on my Instagram story and had you guys vote if you agree with them or not. So as I go through them, I thought it would be interesting to share what the results of those votes were. And for full disclosure, so you guys understand, I did encourage you on Instagram to vote based on what you primitively believe to be true, not what you intellectually understand or can, like, reason with. Because as we know, our intellectual brain is not as interesting as our primitive, slightly irrational brain. Because anyone can be intellectual and think smartly about things, but it's what we subconsciously, primitively believe that is actually interesting here. So, this means that the results of the votes are not a reflection of what people actually want to believe or think should be true. 
it's a reflection of what we are kind of programmed to believe about monogamous relationships. Now, let's dive in. The first truth is a two-parter. There is a the one for you out there somewhere, and it's your job to find them. And the goal is to be with the person best suited for you. So if you ever find someone better suited for you than your partner, you need to go be with them instead. So on Instagram, 30% of my followers believe that there's a the one out there, and 62% believe that we should be with the person best suited for us. So why do we believe these things? How do they provide us with certainty and safety in this uncertain world? Well, if there is a the one that we have no control over, then when we find them, it's kind of a done deal. We don't have to think so much or question or doubt the person that we are with because, well, we found the one and now we're done. I spoke about this in episode 89, about why we prefer fate, intuition, and gut feeling over choice. It's just more comfortable to throw your hands in the air and give responsibility to the universe for who we end up with. As for being with the person best suited for us, I think this is a belief that we very rarely question. And I think the votes on Instagram speak to that, too. It feels so obvious. Of course we're supposed to be with the best person for us. Why wouldn't we be? I think this stems from some kind of ideal where the relationship is supposed to be as easy as it can possibly be, then it's right. It should have the least amount of friction possible, then it's good and right. The least amount of growth and change needed for it to feel good and be right. And, of course, the most possible amount of attraction. That's the ideal relationship that we should be searching for. And if we're with person A and person B seems to be better suited for us, then we are supposed to go be with person B. Those are the rules. And why are these the rules? Well, it puts us in the passenger seat. It takes responsibility away from us, the burden of responsibility. It puts us in a more passive observing role where our only job is to acknowledge and observe who is best suited for us and then just go be with them. If we follow these rules, then we will be happy. And this is going to be true for all of the truths that I share with you today. We want to kind of forfeit responsibility and our right and ability to choose our partner. We want someone or something else to guide us and tell us what to do. So how does this truth fuel your relationship anxiety? Well, if there is a the one out there and we're supposed to be with that person that is best suited for us, well, that means that at any given time, your partner's real the one might show up. Or your partner might find someone better suited for them. 
and then have no choice but to leave you and go be with that person. This rule that was designed to provide us with certainty and safety has now become the source of your panic and fear. What if we're not supposed to be with the person best suited for us? What if we're supposed to be with the person we want to be with? The second truth is you should find your partner the most attractive in the whole world. And this is something that 37% of my followers agree with. This is just another version of best suited. We're supposed to be with a person we find the most attractive. But when we think about it, it is a pretty weird rule. There are so many attractive people in the world. And even though we might have our preferences, there are going to be people who are insanely attractive in so many different ways. How do you even sort them into this hierarchy of most attractive and less attractive? My type, for example, is thick guys with like a big build with tattoos and shaved heads or even bald and with beards. That's pretty much the most attractive to me. But I also die for David Beckham. <laughs> I can't even rank them as more or less attractive than each other because they're so different. So if I'm supposed to find my partner the most attractive, that becomes very difficult. Isn't it enough that I find my partner attractive? Do I have to compare him to everyone else on the planet and then rank everyone? And if I don't find my partner the most attractive, we have a problem. I think that this rule sounds good in theory because if your partner is with you and this truth is true, that means your partner finds you the most attractive in the entire world. That feels amazing for like one second until you start noticing other women. Or, God forbid, your partner notices other women in the world and you start to panic. Because if your partner finds someone else attractive, it means they don't love you and shouldn't be with you. They should go be with that person. If me finding David Beckham insanely attractive means I should go be with him instead of my boyfriend, that would be very inconvenient and would probably lead to me spending my life alone. And the same goes for my partner. If he has to be with the person that he finds the most attractive, he's probably going to spend his life alone too. The third truth is if you see potential in another person, that means you should end your current relationship. Which, luckily, only 10% of my followers believe is true. I'm noticing now how almost all of these stem from the belief that we should be with the most ideal, best person for us. And if we ever acknowledge potential in someone else, well, that's a sign that we need to go be with them instead. This truth is fueled by the idea that if you truly love your partner and you're happy in your relationship, 
You just magically shouldn't see potential in others. You shouldn't even be looking at or considering other people. And that is a very reassuring truth to hold on to. Until you wake up and realize that we are all human and it's completely unrealistic to think that we can spend 5, 10, 20, 30 years with a person and not come across other potential partners that we could be happy with. As we go through these truths, I am, of course, making a case for why we should question them. Because I do believe that they fuel our relationship anxiety and are completely counterproductive to hold on to and live by. But there's another scary aspect of questioning these truths that I think is worth bringing up. And that is that the rest of the world often subconsciously subscribe to these truths as well and don't question them. So even though I encourage you to question these truths and pick new truths that are more emotionally mature and accepting of reality, that doesn't mean that the rest of the world, or maybe most importantly, your partner, will let go of these truths your partner might still believe that you should go where your desire or attraction leads you. Or seeing potential means that you should end the relationship. Or that if someone else is better suited for you, you need to go be with them. So you questioning these truths doesn't protect you from being on the receiving end of a truth like this. And that is absolutely scary and uncomfortable. But we also can't do anything about it. Even if you hold on to these truths and spend your relationship monitoring and policing yourself and your partner, it doesn't prevent your partner from leaving you for someone else. That's why I believe that this work is worth doing for your own sake despite it not protecting you from your partner's beliefs about relationships and their choices. The next truth is relationships should last forever, and if they don't, they have failed. 25% of my followers believe this to be true. All relationships end in failure. The ideal is that a relationship continues until death do you part, basically. That is a successful relationship, one that never ends. The flip side of this belief is that when you're considering ending a relationship, what you're choosing between is success and failure, rather than just choosing between continuation or completion. Once again, We have a belief that if it turns out this way, if your relationship lasts forever and that is the ideal, you get a drop of certainty and safety from that. We are supposed to last forever and if something happens along the way and we break up, we have failed and something has gone wrong. But what if that's not true? What if all relationships don't end in failure? If relationships aren't supposed to last forever, what else could be true? What if relationships are supposed to last for as long as they last? 
would that change your view on relationships? Would it change your desire to enter into a relationship? Or is the promise of forever what makes it desirable and worth it to you? And it's no surprise that if the goal is forever, well, then every single little threat along the way that could potentially cause the end of the relationship needs to be monitored and prevented at all costs. Which, of course, creates a lot of anxiety and worry. Next up, we have attraction or desire for someone else means that you don't truly love your partner. Another truth that about 20% of you guys on Instagram agree with. This is kind of similar to seeing potential in another person and therefore needing to go be with them instead of your partner. And I think a lot of grumpy girlfriends fear that their partners will feel some kind of attraction or desire towards other people. Even though I think a big portion of those same girlfriends have probably felt attraction or desire towards someone other than their partner during their long-term relationship. It brings us back to this double standard that we have discussed earlier in the podcast of, well, when I do it, it doesn't mean anything, but if my partner does it, that is not okay. Or, if that's not how you think of it, it might be creating even more anxiety if you subscribe to this truth and you do then experience attraction or feel desire towards another person. Talk about crisis. It's enough to completely unravel you and make you question everything. It might even make you break up with your partner, even though it doesn't have to mean anything. What if this truth is not true. What if you can feel attracted to another person and see potential in them as your partner and still choose to be with your current partner? What if that is 100% normal, possible, and allowed? And I think you can even feel a pull or a desire for another person without it meaning anything, or without it leading to the end of your relationship. Because at the end of the day, when we fantasize or imagine life with another person, it's all made up anyway. Our brains are very good at making up fantasy realities and give this person all the amazing traits that we like and paint the picture that fuels loads of warm, sparkly, magical emotions in our bodies. But it's not real. This other person is just the subject of your fantasy. It's not about them, it's about what they represent. My point here is that these thoughts and feelings are normal, and they're not a sign of anything, unless you want them to be. You and your partner are capable of feeling things and thinking thoughts without acting on them or without assigning really dramatic meaning to them. These thoughts and feelings are not dangerous. But the more you freak out about them, whether it's your own or your partner's potential thoughts and feelings, the more your anxiety is going to intensify. 
And if you're trying to suppress your own feelings and freak out whenever they pop up, well, there's a big risk that you end up intensifying those feelings as well. They become forbidden, you turn them into intrusive thoughts like we talked about last week, and that makes your brain turn up the volume and you just spin in this major freakout. That is optional. The next truth is not feeling good is a sign of a bad relationship. 32% of my followers on Instagram could identify that this was something that they, deep down, do believe to be true. If you have listened to this podcast for some time, well, you know that this isn't true. It can be a sign of a bad relationship, but it's not automatically what it means. Your feelings come from your thoughts, and you are capable of having any thoughts in your good relationship. We have a bad habit, as humans, of identifying a negative emotion in our bodies, and then immediately searching outside of us to find the cause of it. And very often, our relationships or our partners become the explanation to why we feel the way we do. They must be bad, or they must be doing something wrong. But if all bad feelings are a sign of a bad relationship, you're just going to end up jumping from one relationship to the other without taking any responsibility for the feelings that you create with your own thoughts and beliefs. I 100% understand wanting this to be true. I understand why we wish that we could just sit back and observe our bodies and then draw conclusions about the outside world. Because it would be very convenient and it wouldn't require a lot of effort. But it also completely disempowers us and gives up all of our responsibility for how we think and feel. We end up circumstance hopping by changing our partners time and time again instead of learning how to be happy in the relationship that we are in, how to take responsibility for our own thoughts and feelings, and making sure that when we find the person we want to be with, we make sure that we are happy with that person. The final truth that we are going to be debunking today is some thoughts and feelings are forbidden in monogamous relationships. 32% would say that this is something that they consciously or subconsciously believe to be true. This last anxiety-inducing truth of the day is all about trying to create certainty and safety in a monogamous relationship by believing that we can and should police our own and our partner's thoughts and feelings. If certain thoughts and feelings are forbidden then that somehow makes us safer. If all thoughts and feelings are allowed and we need to have a nuanced view of our relationships and take choices and actions and behaviors into consideration, blech, that requires way more effort and opens up for way more risk. No thank you. <laughs> what if we, as humans are actually capable of thinking a lot of thoughts without acting on them. 
What if thinking thoughts is a sign that we are healthy and working properly? What if seeing potential and feeling emotions is just what we are supposed to do? Putting our own and our partner's brains and emotional bodies in a monogamy prison where we are not allowed to be human anymore and now we have to be robots who don't think or feel certain things, well, that just feels completely unrealistic and, yeah, I'm gonna say it. Toxic! (laughs) Feelings aren't dangerous. Thoughts aren't dangerous. We don't have to be with the person we find the most attractive. We don't have to be with the person who is best suited for us. We don't have to end our relationships just because we see potential in others. We have a choice. Your partner has a choice. We can think and feel anything and still choose to be in our relationships and make the best of it and live happily for as long as we want to live happily. There is literally no upside to thinking that certain thoughts and feelings are forbidden or dangerous to think or feel. So with this podcast episode, I want to encourage you to observe what you believe to be true in relationships. What is allowed and what is not allowed? What if you're wrong? Can you allow for a little more humanness in your relationship and give both yourself and your partner power and responsibility over the choices that you make without making those choices wrong according to some made-up rules? Who would you be if you didn't believe these things to be true? What would your relationship be like? I want you to think about that. As always, when you are ready to transform your relationship experience and finally enjoy your good relationship, I'm here to help. Go to katrinband.com to read about my signature private coaching program and submit your application today. Let's get the ball rolling together. I can't wait to hear from you. And I'll see the rest of you back here next week for another episode. Bye-bye.